Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back for another episode here on The Code. And uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in to listen to this shorter snippet episode where today we're going to be basically talking about something that, you know, we hit on in the clinic all the time. I I think I have this conversation, you know, at least once a week, probably almost once a day with people in the office, you know, because the, you know, the reason people come in low back pain is so common, right? Low back pain is probably the most common reason that people go into physical therapy, whether this is that our office for physio room or this is anywhere else. Low back pain is just so common. And um, so this episode, we're going to talk about, do you really have tight hamstrings? This gets brought up all the time. Someone will come in and you know they will say, they're describing what's going on with them. And they'll say, man, my hamstrings are so tight. I have pain in my hamstrings. And um, my tight hamstrings are what is causing my back pain. I've been to numerous providers before. And um, what I've been prescribed to do is stretch, 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 stretch my hamstrings to relieve the tightness to eliminate my back pain. And uh, of course, naturally, you know, when, when they come in to see myself or another one of our providers, one of the things we ask them is, you know, what have you been doing so far since you've been dealing with these symptoms? And they tell us the story. And then I like to say, well, how is that working out for you? Uh, you know, how, how are you feeling like that's going? Is it helping? Uh, and almost always the answer is no, right? As you can imagine, because otherwise, if it was helping, they probably would not be sitting in the office right there with me having this conversation. So uh, the reason I wanted to talk about back pain and tight hamstrings on this episode is, is because we had a lot of people, I'm recording this here at the end of January, 2023, and uh, we had a lot of people, you know, put off. I want to wait to address my back pain until after the holidays. You know, we have too much going on here during Christmas and New Year's. We got, we got to wait until the holidays are over so that we, uh, so that I have more time to address these things. And unfortunately, during that you know, time period, uh, people's back pain didn't go away. Their tight hamstrings didn't go away. And, uh, and now we have some people coming back in the office. We are actually running a, uh, a, like a special, we're running a promotion right now at Physio Room for a um, fix your back pain and sciatica program because it is so common. We see patterns with people. We see very similar uh, issues from one client to the next to the next that we decided to run a program for this so that we can try and help people address these things um, because we hear it every day. So let's go down this uh, let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit together and and talk about those tight hamstrings. So you know what does the word tight even mean? Right? Someone says I have a tight muscle. Well. From a science standpoint, from a body standpoint, and you know, physiology, tight is actually kind of like a slang term. It doesn't really mean much of anything. 
when we say something feels tight, you know, what we're talking about is that, you know, it feels really tense. It feels really taut. Um, you know, you can kind of imagine like the strings on a guitar or any other kind of string instrument instrument that you can kind of just like strum on them. Uh, you know, they feel taut, right? Um, another thing that people often mean when they say something feels tight is that they think they need to stretch it out and they need to lengthen it because it's too short, right? So is it tight or is it too short? Or when we say something has a lot of tone or it's very taut, it's tense, we in physical therapy or many other providers will call that tone of a muscle. Um, and the more tone it has, kind of the more resting tension it's sitting with and the less tone it has, the more kind of pliable and movable and malleable that, that tissue is. So I try hard not to use the word tight uh, when I'm describing things to people, because like I said, tight is kind of like a slang term. So, um, you know, I remember I had an instructor in school that if, if someone in our class in physical therapy school raised their hand to answer a question and in their answer, they said, you know, a particular tissue muscle was tight, he would immediately pause and, and say, hmm, tight, what do you mean by that? What do, you, what do you mean when you say tight? Because, you know, we had to describe, oh, is it a tone thing? Like, is it guarding that muscle is just holding tension? Or is that muscle too short and it needs to be lengthened out? More often than not, what we find in the office, particularly with the hamstrings, is, um, is more of this guarding response, more of this like the muscle just has tension. Um, and a lot of times that's coming as a result of low back pain or low back issues. And, um, you know, why that likely is, is the nerves that come from our lower back, particularly the ones at the very, very lowest segments that innervate and ultimately go down through your, uh, turn into your sciatic nerve, uh, run down the back of your leg. And that's what supplies the hamstrings with their ability to, to do their job, right? To kick in, to engage, to recruit. And, um, you know, some of you may have heard this before, but when a nerve communicates to a muscle, it's the one, it's the thing that's like giving it its ability to do its job, right? The brain is processing down information through the nerves, through the spinal cord, through the nerves, to the tissues um, on more of a local level, hamstrings we're talking about. And, um, you know, that's why you have the ability to bend your knee forcefully and, you know, do hamstring exercises. If um, there is an irritation going on in your lower back, or there's an irritation of those nerve roots, or of that sciatic nerve above the point where it communicates and innervates into the hamstring, it's going to change the messaging and change the signaling to that tissue, right? And the way I like to describe this for people is, you know, like if you had a hose and there was a kink in that hose somewhere along the path, along the way, it's going to affect the water and the pressure of that water that's coming out the other side. So you can kind of think of the nerves running uh, from the vertebrae in your back. These are called nerve roots. They branch down and they ultimately turn into the peripheral nerves, the bigger nerves that run down our legs. And then of course, those, those branch too. And I mentioned, you know, down the legs, this is the same thing that happens in the torso of the body and from the neck out to the arms of the body. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on that in just a moment. But um, if there's a kink or an irritation pressure, right? Whether that's from the joints in your back, whether that's from a disc bulge that's pushing a little bit of pressure, that's going to change the communication from that nerve root 
or that peripheral nerve to the tissue, the muscle in this case that it communicates to, right? That it's responsible for giving its ability to do its job. Okay. So we have an issue in the back that's potentially causing a hamstring issue. And the, and the reason I'm explaining it this way is because this is what we see more often than not, right? More often than not, someone will come in with symptoms of their hamstring, whether that's tightness, whether that's pain, referring down their leg, right? Like, you know, what you probably think of as sciatica. And um, we often end up tracing this issue farther up the chain to that pelvis SI joint, lower back, lumbar spine region. That's typically where the issue is arriving from, right? And the root cause is more up there, not in the hamstrings. So this is why we hear the story a lot of, you know, someone is stretching and stretching and stretching their hamstrings over and over and over again. And unfortunately, not always getting the results that they're expecting or, or hoping for, because the hamstring is not the root of the issue. That's the symptom, right? Like that's where you're feeling something, but addressing that doesn't fix everything else that's going up above. Now, if you did have short hamstrings, would that make sense to try to lengthen them and stretch them out in order to address pelvic and low back issues? Yeah, sure. Because your hamstrings do attach to your pelvis. They attach to the very bottom portion, your sit bone. That's called your ischial tuberosity. And um, if the hamstrings are pulling on that with a little bit too much tension and it's too short, that is going to potentially change the angulation or the rotation of your pelvis. And, um, and you can get some irritation from that. You can get some irritation right on that butt bone where it attaches. You can get some irritation in the lower back because of the implications on the pelvis. But um, more often than not, we see it the other way around. We see that the lower back is what's actually causing the downstream effects. So, okay, let's go through this a little bit more. So what we end up finding out is, okay, let's go through an assessment. You told me you have tight hamstrings and you've been trying to stretch them. And unfortunately it's not relieving your symptoms. It's not getting you back to the point that you want to be. So why don't we try something else? Let's, let's look at this from a different angle. So we end up doing an assessment in a lot of times, I'm, I'm going to generalize here. A lot of times what we find is potentially a limitation in thoracic spine mobility, the upper section of our spine from the bottom of our neck to the top of our lower back. So think of that whole area where the rib cage runs. Hey guys, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room here. Thanks again for tuning in to listen to us on the code. Really appreciate your time. And for that, I want to share a special offer from Physio Room extended to you guys. So if you want to have an opportunity to work with us at Physio Room for any fitness, performance rehab, pain relief, whatever that might be, when you reach out to us to schedule your appointment in person or virtual, we're going to offer you 20% off for being a code listener. So just be sure to mention that you heard about it on the podcast, and we will make sure to extend that offer to you. We look forward to working with you. Thank you so much, guys. A lot of times we find dysfunctions in the way that the hips are operating, whether this be from a stability standpoint, like the control and the strength of the hips, and uh, also possibly from a mobility standpoint, like range of motion, right? So um, the hips either don't move or they're not strong enough. They don't have the stability to do what they're supposed to do. And then one other thing that we very often see with this is a lack of stability or control of the lumbar spine, of the deep core, right? And I, I don't love the word core, but, um, you know, 
the ability for you to utilize the muscles that are deeper than your you know main abdominals that you're thinking of, not your six pack muscles, the ones that are deeper than that, that attach to and really stabilize the vertebrae of our lumbar spine. If we are unable to engage those muscles properly when we're moving, when we're lifting weights, when we're picking up children, when we're whatever, right? Whatever you're doing, sitting in a very soft uh, couch or chair, if you're unable to engage those tissues, those muscles to promote stability for the joints in your lower back, your body needs to try to find that stability from somewhere else, right? Your body needs to try to find the stability from the muscles that are supposed to do that. So let's take the hamstrings, for example, or those deep core muscles. If any tissue in our body, any muscle is too weak to do its job, not strong enough to do its job, the brain is really smart. And the brain is going to communicate down through the nerves to the muscles to tell that muscle to hold more tension, be quote unquote tighter, right? So that it has the elastic properties in order to do its job, right? So that it can be tight enough to do a responsibility that it has to stabilize your pelvis, to try and stabilize your lower back. Your lower back is looking for stability in a moment where, you know, you're not utilizing the more efficient muscles to do that stability job, that stabilization responsibility. Okay. So stay with me here. So what we often end up helping people, you know, feel the change for, right? We're not doing it for them. We can't do it for you. We can't give you stability. We need to teach you how to engage the right muscles at the right time in order to produce the functional effects that you're needing, that your body's craving. Well, if you're stretching and stretching and stretching your tight hamstrings over and over, and that's not solving your problem, more often than not, it's a stability issue, like I kind of just went through. So what we <clears throat> what we end up doing with these folks a lot of times is strengthening their hamstrings, particularly through a lengthening range of motion. So think of something like an RDL or Romanian deadlift, for example, you are hinging at your hips, doing a modified uh, version of a deadlift where you have a nice braced, stable core. You're not utilizing primarily your lower back muscles to do this. You're hinging about your hips, lengthening the hamstrings, using them to control your uh, your hinge and control the weight down towards your mid shins, and then you're bringing it back up using your glutes, bracing your spine, strengthening those hamstrings while they're lengthening and shortening. Okay, so a lot of times we find people start to strengthen rather than just stretch, and wouldn't you know it, their symptoms start to change, their symptoms start to go away because strengthening through the range of motion can actually help you provide more mobility, more length through the tissue. Okay. And I know this might sound somewhat simple as I explain it, but, but it's not simple you guys, because we go through this every single day in the office. And I can't tell you how many clients in, in my relatively short career I have talked to dealing with this exact same problem. It's every day, right? It's almost every day. Um, we see a very similar phenomenon, right? In the neck, and in the upper trapezius muscle, your upper trap, that tight muscle on the top of your shoulder, right? And there again, I use the word tight, but like I said, tight's a slang term. So does that mean your traps need to be stretched out? Maybe, maybe. A lot of people I know come in the office with neck pain or shoulder pain, 
and they've been stretching their traps for a very long time. They've gone to physical therapy. They've gone to a chiropractor. They've gone to a massage therapist or an acupuncturist or somebody, their physician, and they were told to stretch their traps. And they've, they feel like they've been doing that. But unfortunately, they still have this hiked up shoulder situation where their trap muscle feels super guarded and tense and there's knots in it and they can't get this tightness to go away. Right. So what do we do? Well, we don't just tell them, keep stretching your traps, because if that's what they've been doing, it's not working. We got to try something else. Right. We got to try a different avenue. So we do an assessment and we often end up finding things like limited thoracic spine mobility, shortening or tension in their pec muscles that are pulling their shoulder forward, changing the tension that's being placed on the traps. A lot of times we find significant weakness in some of the rotator cuff muscles and the posterior muscles of the shoulder. And, you know, we oftentimes find limitations in strength and mobility of their cervical spine, of their neck, right? And those things can't all be addressed just by stretching your traps or by doing some rows with a TheraBand, right? We need to get that thoracic spine moving. We need to sometimes strengthen the neck. We need to sometimes, quite frankly, strengthen the upper trap muscle, even though, you know, we don't necessarily always want to hike up our shoulder when we're doing different arm, you know, pushing and pulling type of exercises. But sometimes when you strengthen that muscle, you can one, produce a pain relief effect, a little um, isometric contraction can produce some pain effect, pain relief effect, as long as you're not overdoing it to the point where you're more sore later. And then that can promote some blood flow to that area that can help things heal and feel better. Tissues like to move, joints like to move, right? And when we do that, we promote blood flow to the region that we're, that we're talking about, that we're moving. And that can only be beneficial from a healing perspective. And I'm not saying there's like some massive injury there, but blood flow is going to bring chemicals through the bloodstream, chemical mediators that can help change the way a tissue feels, right? This is why... You know, when someone wakes up with a stiff back and they they start to get moving more often than not, that starts to feel a little bit better. They start to get a little bit of relief and they start to be able to to move and then they feel better. A body in motion likes to stay in motion. Right. And um, I mean, we could talk about this topic all day, but I want to pose the question to you, especially if you're somebody out there or, you know, somebody who is that has been plagued with you know, chronically tight hamstrings or a chronically tight upper trap muscle or, or any other muscle in the body for that matter. If you've been stretching it over and over and over again, do you really have short hamstrings? Do you really have tight hamstrings that need to be stretched out? Or is it possible that the issue that you're actually dealing with could be something else, could be a spine stability issue? could be a hip mobility or stability issue that is resulting in tightness in the hamstrings as more of like a guarding response from the body, right? This is what happens in sciatica, right? We're having an irritation in a nerve traveling down the back of our leg, the sciatic nerve. And depending on how far down that goes, right? The level of irritation usually is a little higher when the symptoms are traveling farther down the leg all the way to the foot. But when that sciatic nerve is irritated, it's going to cause the hamstring muscles to guard and to be tensed up to be quote unquote tight. Well, our natural incl inclination as humans is to try and stretch that out a lot of times. 
Well, that's, you know, that's all fine and good in theory because the, uh, you know, a muscle that is tense sometimes likes to be stretched, but you know, what's irritated that doesn't like to be stretched is that nerve. That nerve doesn't like to be yanked on. Now, nerves do like to move, but they don't like to be stretched and tugged on. In fact, if that happens with too much tension or too much pressure, you can actually irritate nerves farther. So if we stretch the hamstring to try to relieve temporarily some of that tightness, once that hamstring kind of loosens up a little bit, then we start tugging kind of on that nerve. And that oftentimes will feel good in the short term, right? To stretch that tightness, it kind of goes away. But are you noticing that that's actually causing a long-term change in your symptoms? Or is that just giving you a little relief for a period of minutes or hours? Um, or is it actually changing the problem and moving the needle forward like for months on end, right? For years on end, or, or is this not really going away? This is far too often the situation that we see. So, you know, that's why I wanted to hop on here and talk about it. I wanted to just try to reframe how you think about these things and, and get you to think about, huh, if a muscle feels tight, that does not always mean that it needs to be stretched, right? That tightness, that tension might be what's called a guarding response, a protective response from our body, because our body is a lot more smart and resilient than a lot of times we give it credit for. Um, we've evolved over many, many years, and we have a lot of adaptations to uh, to things that are going wrong. And when you produce or not produce, when you provide your body with the right answers to the actual like issues that you have, you go through a very thorough assessment and you find out where are you functioning well, where are you not functioning well, and you just address those things that you find, you address those limitations, root causes, as we like to say, more often than not, you see the symptoms change as a result of that. You see the symptoms start to go away and stay away when you start addressing the root causes as opposed to addressing the symptoms, right? Don't treat the symptoms, treat the cause and see those symptoms go away. So if you have tight hamstrings, please feel free to reach out to us. Ask us any questions that may have uh, you know, arisen as a result of this podcast. And again, I just really appreciate your guys' time hopping on here, listening to this, um, you know, with this type of an episode, maybe it made you think more about something that you're dealing with. And, um, you know, if that brings up some questions, please don't hesitate to let us know. Again, as always, if you are a listener to this podcast and you have not left a review yet, we would really, really appreciate that here on The Code. Um, whatever podcast platform that you are using, go hop on there and uh, just leave us a review. And we're really trying to boost those up so that we can get this show in front of more and more eyes and ears. And for all of you guys that tune in to listen, thank you again. And we'll catch you guys next time on another episode of The Code. Thank you so much. Thank you.